Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods. Hey, girl. What's up? Happy oh. Fat Tuesday. We are recording on Tuesday this week because uh, we delayed a day given the women's basketball matchup against Baylor, and it just happens to fall on Fat Tuesday. Yeah. So happy Fat Tuesday. Elisa was eating... Uh, king's cake when i when we logged on to our zoom meeting i am it's delicious it is apple and um cream cheese thanks for offering me some that's very sweet of you well i was selling it and you could have brought it so (laughs) you know what that's a good point you just put me in my place and i deserve that take another bite you jerk Happy Fat Tuesday to you. This is episode 67 of the Title IX podcast, Mm. and we have made it to March, Elisa. We are recording on March 1st, 2022. Can you believe it? I actually can't. (laughs) I know. I'm with like, flip the calendar this morning, and I was like, what? The problem is, is that January is so long, and then February is so short, and then March is so long. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's a weird this the January and February grayness of the winter ickiness just drags on forever and then suddenly March is here. It's very bizarre. It's, it yeah. happens every year. I know. Yeah. Well, we made it. It's March Madness time. We're going to talk a little bit, a lot of it about women's basketball, a little bit about men's basketball. And then we have a sprinkling of a lot of stuff to talk about so in the second stuff. half of the podcast. It so does depress stuff. me but a first, little bit. I'm though. sorry. It depresses me a little bit that we're in March only because like, I'm real sad that football's over. Yeah. I'm I'm having a hard time with football being over and it not being on TV. If now college basketball is about to like be over next month, like that's going to be hard. And especially if we don't get baseball, like we normally do, which it's not, it's not looking good. I think I saw today that they said that it's going to be delayed. Yeah. They actually announced the first, um, this just happened within the last hour or so they announced the first two series of the season are officially canceled. So it's definitely going to be delayed. That's a bummer. And now you can be a NASCAR fan like me. Oh, (laughs) well, to to, uh, kick off our podcast, we needed to give a shout out to our friends at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State who sponsor the Title IX podcast. And Elisa saw something um, interesting on the news this week. We always talk about how how there's cyclones everywhere. And we saw or Elisa saw a member of the Ivy College of Business family over um, in Ukraine. So was she in, was she actually over? In, I mean, does she live? So in I think she's Ukraine? actually from Ukraine and oh, she's okay. here. Okay. Oh, she's good. Working. She's here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I right. think, I think yeah. I should have watched a little bit closer. No. I just got really excited that it was like Ivy College of Business sister. So, and it was just <laughs> a good reminder. I mean, stuff like that is a good reminder that we have connections to all over the world, including the places that are, you know, um, on our hearts right now. And those connections are in our backyard. So I just thought it was a, um, you know, one of those small world Iowa state moments, but I'm glad she's here. I'm very glad she's here. Yeah. So on the news, it said that she now works at Iowa state university. So I'm hoping that she is here with us. Yes. Yeah. So that's just in what a, what a time. And I'm sure there are lots of, um, connections in academia to, um, you know, people all over in that part of Europe. So, yeah, it's uh it's wild, but you know what's not Russian? 
Cody Road and the Mississippi River Distillery Company. (laughs) I thought that was going to be a not tasteful joke. (laughs) Like, I I mean, it wasn't particularly tasteful, but but it wasn't inappropriate either. I don't know where you, I did not. I thought I I was sitting and watching the news and I was watching, um, you know, all of the, how the governor, excuse me, instructed the alcoholic division whatever board it is to no longer sell russian uh vodka it just made me think well i'm glad that this cocktails and spirits over at mississippi (laughs) river distilling company are locally made yep they got some iowa vodka over there (laughs) that's right buy never never better time to buy local than right now (laughs) yes all right so there's our shout outs um we'll have another shout out to our friend hopewood later in the podcast so be sure to listen to that but i feel like we have to start the pod by talking about the disappointing game last night against baylor it was an incredibly disappointing loss um kind of a shellacking which is one of the words i like to use when iowa state beat iowa state beats up other teams oh, but yeah 87 62 loss to baylor last night and yeah I think it, what stings, it always stings to lose to Baylor in anything, um, especially in women's basketball. What, but what made it especially painful last night was the stage was set for something incredibly special. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think anyone who's paid attention to this season or even the last few seasons of women's basketball at Iowa state knew it was going to be an uphill battle, uh, against Baylor last night, but I did not expect the magnitude of defeat that we saw. And maybe that was a little silly of me because I think we just match up super poorly against Baylor, um, which raises some concerns for me about the tournament, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, but before we get depressing, <laughs> I just want to raise, uh, give a shout out to our women's basketball fans last night against Baylor was the second largest crowd in program history. There were 13,000 plus fans there. Oh, wow. It was loud. It was loud and it was hotter than hell in there. My cheeks were like <laughs> 17 shades of pink, but there's, we talked about this early in the season. There's just something about that women's basketball crowd. They're smart. They're, they're a smart bunch. Yeah. They're diehard basketball fans. And we are just so lucky at Iowa state to have that incredible core of diehard fans. You go at uh, other places in the big 12 and you look in the, you know, when we watch our, our ladies play on the road, it's just nothing like Hilton Coliseum. Yeah, and last definitely. night was just such a testament to that. And I just wanted to give a huge shout out to everybody who was able to make it out last night. Yeah. The student section looked awesome. Oh, they like, were loud. That's too. really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I'm glad you mentioned that they were loud. They were engaged. And even when the game was very much out of reach, they remained engaged, yeah. which I thought was really cool. I think but, like if we're reflecting on this game, yeah, we should, if, I want if to we must it. reflect we must, on this game, um, I think that some of the things that I've been thinking about is, you know, Baylor made every crazy shot. They yes. made every shot. Um, they got a lot of calls as Baylor always does. And we missed a lot of easy layups and, and a lot of wide open three pointers, which yeah. is not, yes. not like us. It's uncharacteristic yes. of this team. So it's like, uh, is Baylor going to always hit every crazy shot? Yes, they are. I know you're <laughs> like, so right. You're so good. And uh, Arnold, like my husband <laughs> Thank you said for this. saying that. He was like, he's like, well, they're not gonna, they're not, they can't sustain this. They're not going to hit every shot. And I was like, but they are Yeah, like yeah. women's basketball shooters are elite. Like yes. they're very good. Um, especially Baylor. So, and yes, they are going to make every shot. Yep. Are they going to get every call? Yeah, probably. They are yep. going to get every call yep. everywhere that they go. They're going to get every call. Are we going to miss all of those shots every time? No, no, 
And I think that that was the difference. You're absolutely right. It's like, we can, we can put it in a vacuum and play nine. We can play 10 games. And I think that seven of them would go to Baylor and three of them would go to us. And because of that two, three, like that, yeah, two, one split, they have two things going their way. And we have one thing that didn't go our way. And I'll actually add another to that to the list of things they have going their way. And that's that we are just completely outmatched when we pay, play Baylor and Texas from a physicality standpoint. And I'm not yeah. talking about how hard our girls play. Our girls play incredibly hard always. Um, but the Baylors and the Texases of the world are bigger and stronger than us just from a physicality, from a true like body structure standpoint. Yeah. And when it, ha- when it's like that, you know, we are outmatched inside. And if we don't hit 15 threes, exactly like you said, like we didn't last night, we're not going to win those games and we're not yeah. even going to get close. And, you know, Ashley Jones is incredible and I will sing her praises until I'm blue in the face, but she's not an, and WNBA level big, like the traditional big right. down low. And that's, you know, she, that's where she plays and she's just not going to out muscle anyone. She might yeah. out finesse some people, but in terms of muscle, she's not. So in a 40 minute game, you know, I'm probably going to put my money on the muscle because of like what you said that the, um, the officiating tends to go that way. Uh, so yeah, this is why matchups and not seating are going to be key for this, this team in the tournament. <clears throat> and if we want to make a long run, I think the, the matchup is going to be something we absolutely need to study. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I've not watched a ton of women's basketball outside of the big 12 and I- Iowa this year. So once we get those matchups and once we kind of see which region we're in and who we could, we, we could face, um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to check in to see if they have some big, strong players down low, because I think we might be in trouble if that's the case. So, and I'm not, go ahead. When you talk about, um, at the next level, like Ashley going to the next level and she's not the traditional big, that kind of makes me think about like Niang and he does have that finesse. And so I think that, I think that just, I mean, not even thinking towards the tournament, but thinking long-term, I think that she does have a spot for her in, in like the WNBA for sure. But, but you know, it would George, have to be that kind of position she creates a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I was just going to, that's exactly what I was going to say. George reinvented his game yes. too, because in college he played inside a lot and now he's playing. I mean, he, we see him highlights yes. of him shooting threes all the time and Ashley can, she's, a, yes. she's a good, and she, as of late, she's been on fire last mm-hmm. night was not her night, but yeah, you know, and it, this is just the game Iowa state plays in women's basketball. It's been for as long as I can remember. We are who we are. We yeah. live and die. I don't want to say we live and die by the three, but a lot of times we do live and die by the three. Yeah. And that'll take us as far as it takes us. So we'll yeah. see, but I, that's going to be interesting when those matchups come out, but on a happier note, if we close out the regular season with a win on Saturday and Baylor happens to lose, we still have a shot at sharing the regular yeah. season conference champion uh, title with them. Um, and you know, if, if Iowa state takes care of business on Saturday, we will head to Kansas city as the number two seed in the conference tournament tournament. And we have a shot to be the same seed in the NCAA tournament. So last night was a bummer, um, huge disappointment, but there's a lot of basketball left to be played for this team. So, and then I don't know if you saw, it was during halftime of our game last night, but we, the selection committee does their top 16 in women's basketball, a lot like the, um, the uh, college football playoff committee um, does. Yeah. And we were the overall number six seed. So there's, there's a lot to look forward to. It's just um, not how we had hoped to end the regular season, I guess. Yeah. But. Agreed. 
a lot of season left for the men. Um, they're trending upward again too. And it's just funny because I feel like we have a little whiplash. It felt like it was doomsday. We were out of the tournament just a couple of weeks ago and then bam, we're right back in. And it's crazy how quickly it happened. Um, but I guess that's college basketball for you. Yeah. They're a little volatile. I think. <laughs> you like, think that's like, that's the word that just keeps coming to mind is just like a little volatile. Yeah, they could I- erupt for like magical things, or they could also just like blub, blub, blub. It's funny because I could see them. I see a path for them to make a nice little run in Kansas city, but I also yeah. see them being done immediately, <laughs> so, Yep. but they play senior night tomorrow night, Wednesday. And I just wanted to give a shout out for a game watch opportunity. Our fearless mm. leader, Chris Williams and his radio partner, Ross Peterson from fanatics are going to be at Wellman's on Wednesday for a game watch, um, at the pub and rooftop. And they're going to be with their friends from Circus Sports. So if you go to Wellman's Pub and Rooftop Wednesday for the game watch, you can meet the Circus Sports team, find out how you can get some Circus swag. And the kicker is you can sign up to win a pair of all season passes to the Big 12 men's tournament down in Kansas City. So again, if you're not busy tomorrow, it's going to be a beautiful day, beautiful afternoon. Go join Chris and Ross for to watch the men's senior night game against Oklahoma State. So Wellman's West. Yeah. Wellman's West, the pub and rooftop patio. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to mention one more thing about the men. I think, um, I know this has been talked about a lot, but I actually looked at the numbers and TJ's turnaround of this team is the most, excuse me, severe. Well, I guess severe is probably not the right word. The best turnaround in school history. Hold on. I'm choking. I'm going to take a quick drink. It's not the Rona (sighs) y'all. It's not the Rona. I already had the Rona. <laughs> um, we need one more to tie the best turnaround in conference history um, and the NCAA record. For, so regardless of what happens, I mean, I think we'd all like to see something um, in the postseason, whether that's a couple of wins in Kansas City or a couple of wins wherever we land um, in the big dance. It's been a successful year for sure. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Perspective is key highly successful. <laughs> it's hard to say that this hasn't been a successful I year. Totally agree. But it's I don't know, it's just funny like you you start to win a couple games and people just totally swing off the rails. And I'm, you know, I'm guilty. I think everybody's guilty of that to a certain extent, but I think just keeping a little perspective and recognizing what we had last year versus what we have now and what we've what TJ has been able to do with the you know, the pieces he has is just something we need to celebrate regardless. Yeah. And I just love this team. We've said it I so know. many times. Like I, know. I love both this men's and women's team. And it's going to be so depressing when the season is over and we lose yeah. so many of our favorites. I know it's going to be rough. It's going to be real rough. We'll have to see what Ashley Jones does. She said she's going to make a final decision after the season. So, okay, guys. We have to really harass her. <laughs> we have to harass. No, we have to get on Twitter and tell her how we feel and that we want her to stay. I'd love another year of Ashley Jones. A lot of one more year chanting, guys. A lot of it. One more year. One more year. One you know, really, year. last night was an opportunity for Psychonally to do that, and they missed it. I know. What a bunch of dumb college kids, you know. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just kidding. You're not dumb if you're listening in college. None of them listen to us. <laughs> you don't know. If Maybe you are one a, or two. If you are a college student and you listen to us, will you please tweet at us and tell us? Yeah. And we'll give you a high five. Right. 
I was going to say buy you a beer, but we don't know if they're 21 or not. I'll buy a beer. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about all of the miscellaneous topics we have. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right, we're back. And before we dig into it, I want to give a shout out to another new sponsor for us. We mentioned her last episode, but her name is Hope Wood. She's one of my law school classmates, and she now has a really cool package called Will called Will in a Day, where she can just put together your will and bada boom, bada bing, it's done. And I can say that because I actually just used her. She's super fast, super easy, like ridiculously easy. I used approximately 0% of my brain power and she's just took care of everything. So if you have not done any estate planning or, um, you know, even if you think you don't need a will, I'm telling you there's reasons to get wills and it's, um, it's super easy. So check her out. Um, hope would, her promotion for all of our Cyclone Fanatic podcast listeners is Fanatic, F-A-N-A-T-I-C. So check her out. Again, that's Hope Wood, her Will in a Day program. People all are right. honking horns all over outside. That's because they're excited about hope. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I like it, though. My brother always sends me messages when he... It's apparently taken him a long time to work on his will, but he's like... If me or Paul, if me and Paul both die, you got, you get everything. And I'm like, oh, thanks. It's good to know. Yeah. It's really good to know. <laughs> He's like, please don't kill me. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that makes, that would it make everything. Ma- that makes it invalid. Right. Yep, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, Elisa sent me a post over the weekend about um, name image likeness stuff. And, and you and I on this podcast have talked so much about how we thought name image likeness could be super beneficial for women's, uh, for female college athletes. And just as an anecdote, before we dig into the post that you sent me, I saw so many girls last night wearing Ashley Jones and Emily Ryan t-shirts from our cycling fanatic shop. And you know what those girls, Ashley and Emily, those women aren't going to get rich off of those shirts, but they're making some money. And it's so cool to see all of these little girls getting to represent their idols. Like if I had an opportunity to wear the shirts of my heroes growing up, I might, that's what my closet would have been. So it's just a, so aside from the, the monetary value of it, there's something really neat about seeing it, but the, the monetary value is interesting because what was it? The gist is that the, uh, yeah, the, the gist. So they indicated they did some research and in Instagram stories for women's basketball players are second only in value to is it college football? Yes. And it was like 385 bucks for per story. Yeah. So That's a lot of NIL money. compensation for an Instagram story in women's basketball ranks second in college sports at $386 just behind men's football. So in case you don't understand what this means, <laughs> it means that when like women's basketball players are making more money than men's basketball players on the internet. Yeah. On the, on the Insta, yeah, on the IG, on, on the IG. And I mean, Paige Beckers is making a lot. And then who are those yeah. twins that play? Oh yeah. Blanking we talked about name. them last year. Yep. Yep. 
Paige Beckers has signed uh, upwards of a million dollars in sponsor in NIL sponsorship deals. So she's she and she should. I mean, she's the face of women's. Uh, well, I, I think Kaylin Clark could make an argument for that while Paige was injured, but she's the face of college basketball right now. So good for her for raking it in. So it's the Cavender twins. That's right. We talked about them last year. Yeah. Um. I can't read this because I'm not subscribed, but it says <laughs> that they are poised to make a million. Yeah. And that was January of this year. So just yeah. like last month, they, they posted that. So like between Paige and those two, like that's a lot of money and they're, they're very active on social media. I know for sure. But this is like, this is exactly what we were saying is that women have the ability to get on the internet and make more than men because yeah, and men want to look at women on the internet, but guess what? So do women. <laughs> women want to, I, that's true. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's as simple as I follow the people that, you know, the, the women I think are interesting on Instagram yeah. and I'm always clicking on their story. Yeah. And if you can get paid for that. Heck yeah. yeah. And I, for whatever reason, um, it just seems like female athletes have harnessed, have figured out how to harness that, um, they, uh, that audience better. So it's cool to see the numbers starting to come in and to see, um, the comparisons of all of those. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think it also speaks to the lack of star power in the men's game right mm-hmm. now as well. I'm curious to see if that changes, you know, what the 10 year average kind of looks yeah. like if there is yeah. a big name that comes up. Um, I don't know. Are, are there any more, I mean, brawny coming up pretty soon. You're right though. There is, there isn't, you know, there is definitely a face in college basketball for, for the women's game. And there yes. isn't so much for the men right now. You're yeah. right about that. So, yeah, and just with the newness of the NIL laws, um, I, it'll, you're right. I think it'll be curious. To, I'll be curious to see what happens over the next few years to see if it kind of levels out, or if we see more of a spike for female athletes, it'll be yeah. really interesting. Definitely. Um, speaking of the lack of a face for the men's tournament, um, for the women last year was the first year that ESPN had expanded its commitment, um, to the, to the, to March madness for women. And they made every game available on full national, on a national basis. And they broadcasted select games on ABC for the first time. And you and I talked a lot about the strangeness of the way that they were marketing those games and, um, who owned the marketing capabilities, and it's interesting because the tournament sold out its ad allotment this year already. Um, and bec- I'm, I'm guessing it's because they rec- uh, companies recognize that they're getting more exposure, which is a chicken or the egg situation. You can't claim that, um, that no one's willing to pay for it if you're not putting on a stage that's worth paying for. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to mention that it's sold out. The, the ad allotment's sold out. And there's some big names, Adidas, Apple, um, Nike or wait, I'm sorry. Um, not Nike, uh, Nissan subway, Taco Bell, target Wendy's. So a lot of common big brands have signed on. Um, so what was that one that it was like, like brownies or something like that. And I was like, what the heck is that? (laughs) There was one random one that I was like, yeah, there's a, there's a few random ones. Um, but it's a lot of, you know, national brands. So anyway, I just thought that was worth mentioning. I love it. Yeah, no, it is a bunch of national brands. And then there's just like one random, like, I'm sorry, who, (laughs) 
<laughs> but good for them for putting up the dough to be one of those right. main sponsors, you know? Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm and sure we'll know who they are pretty soon. Yes, we will. That's for, that's for dang sure. <laughs> um, another thing we talked about a lot last year that was growing at a rapid pace was NCAA softball. Um, and it was over the weekend. So it was still February. There was a tournament where, uh, Utah and OU played and Elisa, it was packed. Yeah. Like I'm not talking about just a full stadium. I'm talking about people standing around like standing room only. This was college world series level packed for a tournament in February. Oh, that's sweet. I bet the concession lines for glizzies and candy and pop and soda was so, but no, no one seemed to care. Like right. people were just, it was a party atmosphere. <sighs> and I just, I am so excited to see what happens with, um, with that sport in the next few years, because yeah. I think it's just, it's on a ridiculously fast upward trajectory. Yeah. It seems like, um, speaking of long concession lines, I'm, can I just throw this out? Can I just throw out an idea? Yes. An idea for yeah. the women's games at Hilton. For sure. Maybe a second clone cone, maybe a third clone cone stand. I know, I know, but it's hard because I don't know the whole deal that they have with their, you know, the, the labor companies that they use. I don't know, but I know it's hard for everybody right now, but damn, when my kid says, I want a clone cone, my whole body just, I know. Like I just want to watch basketball, right? but I also understand that as a child, the clone cone is a huge part of the experience. Yeah. So there were over 45 people in the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not shocked at the end of halftime. Yeah. And I just like, we had to go to Dairy Queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, That's what uh, happened. It's rough out there. Yeah. If we could, I agree with you. If we could get another, <laughs> I don't know, one or two stands next year, yeah. hopefully the situation with all of that weird shortage is gone and right man because it's brutal just an yeah. idea <laughs> man you know what like maybe me and you should volunteer to do it <laughs> just I for the swirl. sake of the other moms out there i can swirl some cones you can if, swirl a mean cone if I you bet. have kids if you yes. have kids under the age of 10 you could come into that's this right. express line that's right Um, just to finish up the softball conversation, Iowa state is 10 and five this year. So far over the weekend, they lost to number five, Washington, but it was a one, it was one zero and our pitcher, um, Ellie small hog was had a one hitter going through, uh, six and one third innings. So they, you know, they're missing some of the star power and Sammy Williams this year, but they're, Uh they're off to a good start. So keep an eye on them and we'll help you keep an eye on them. Okay. All right. Um, two, things I wanted to mention one, I'll just mention quickly. Elisa reminded me that the U S women's national team settled their equal pay lawsuit. Yes. Please and, explain this to me. Okay. So they had that lawsuit going, um, and they had been claimed, they had been seeking, it was like upwards of $60 million in back pay for unequal compensation. Um, and they settled the claim, <clears throat> excuse me, for $24 million, $22 million of it is a lump sum payment, um, that, I think goes directly to the players. And then the other 2 million, I think they're setting aside and each player has the opportunity to seek $50,000 or whatever amount for charitable contributions, um, is how I understood it. But basically the lawsuit is over. I mean, the lawsuit is over. And so it's not going to go to trial. It's done. 
Um, and I know that when you look at that, you see, you say, well, $22 million isn't the $66 million they were seeking. So that's a loss. However, if you remember a couple summers ago, a judge actually kicked out a major part of the lawsuit. So they, that, um, it only was proceeding on very specific grounds. So for them to essentially get a third of what they were seeking, um, after a judge said, you know, part of your lawsuit's not valid, you can't continue with it. It says a lot about, I think, um, that they're trying, both sides are trying to compromise and trying to move forward. So I would say from the player's perspective, that's something that they should be maybe not happy with, but at least satisfied with. And I hope that the, uh, soccer federation knows that these women aren't backing down anymore and they're not screwing around. And from now on it's game on. I, that is my, that is what I hope the takeaway is. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I actually saw that the premier hockey federation, which is a women's hockey federation increased its team's salary caps by 10 grand, which yes, it's the team 10 grand isn't a ton, right? but it's nice to see that number increasing. Okay. So this is the perfect segue to the last thing I wanted to talk about. We didn't even plan that you guys, it's just (laughs) us being like, that was serendipitous right there. Did you see what's going on in the WNBA? Yes. Okay. So just to set out the stage, (laughs) we have all of these leagues, these women's leagues really go moving forward. And, you know, some of it is just tiny incremental steps, like you said, with the $10,000, but that's the small league. That's Mm -hmm. that hockey league is teeny tiny. You've got the U S women's national team on a very, um, public stage seeking equal pay. And then you've got the WNBA who is penalizing one of its teams for treating its players nicely. (laughs) And I'm simplifying it a lot, but (laughs) what happened was the New York Liberty, um, decided they're done flying commercial. They were done making their players get on the commercial air fly airplanes. And they decided to charter their away games. The problem with this is their collective bargaining agreement says you have to fly commercial. So they violated the CBA. The, the weird part of it is that the New York Liberty's owner paid for everything. Um, and the reason it became a problem, it, well, he also paid for them to go on a trip to Napa as a team. And a few of the members of the team said it was the best part of the season, that it was just, it was relaxing. They enjoyed each other's company. It helps them, whatever. But that combined with the charter flights, they said went above the, um, allotted highest salary available under the CBA. So they were paying their players too much money under the CBA. So basically we have a scandal for a team treating its players better. And the craziest part about this and sports illustrated did a really, really good job breaking this down. And I'll tweet it out after we're done recording, but the Liberty went to the league and said, we're done with this. We're done flying commercial. We want every, we want every team in the league to be able to charter to away games. And they actually had a plan in place. They had found someone to either sponsor it or have the, the flights comped. And the league said, no, because the league thought maybe these women just want a, you know, a bump in their salary, or they had a couple of other uh, um, excuses, I would say. And the Liberty basically said, screw you. This is ridiculous. And I'm just going to read a quote to you for it's called their alternate governor um, wrote a letter to the league. And it says, we cannot begin to talk about gender equity until we solve some pressing issues that have put extra burdens on the health and well-being of WNBA players. In the spirit of improving working conditions for our female athletes, we have the strong belief that the WNBA team should be permitted to arrange travel that's consistent with the fact that they are professional athletes. 
And I just, <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? So, so instead of just, you know, agreeing and allowing them to do this and put a plan in place for all the teams, they got fined $500,000. And that was actually the, um, bumped down from a million dollars. And there were, there were threats to take away draft picks to, um, suspend the team for a season and even terminate the team. And I am just, I understand it's a CBA. I do. I understand that it was negotiated for, but why can't when you have the opportunity to do something better, why wouldn't you agree to it? I just want to correct me if I'm wrong. Iowa state football team takes a charter airplane to away games. Our women's basketball team does. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know, I, the, the CBA that they agreed to this most recent CBA, a lot of good things were in it. There was maternity leave put in, there was insurance for things like IVF. Um, you know, there was the ability, there was a, they increased the, um, the maximum salaries. So I'm, I'm glad like clearly the NBA, the WNBA is moving forward that way. I just don't understand when you, this just looks so bad. It looks so bad. So just and to play I, devil's advocate is I want you a, to because I don't understand. Is this a situation where with within the NBA players getting more of a voice saying, No, I won't play here, I want to play there, trade me, yeah. things like that. Are they afraid that that's gonna start to happen in the WNBA where they're gonna say, Well, it's much better to play in New York, or it's yes. not much better I, to I, play over here and yes. other other teams can't afford to do something like that. You're right. And that is why that's in the CBA. You're absolutely 1 million percent right about it. And I'm sure that's, I'm sure that is the rationale, but at some point, some teams are going to have things that are better than the other. That's the nature of being in a professional sports league. And if you continue to treat the WNBA as if it's this, um, I don't know, like infant, you know, like where everything has to be equal, then you have moments like this, where you, I think you miss an opportunity to move forward. And I, and I do, I, you, you're right. You have to be really careful about that. So you don't get this, you don't have a Yukon of the world where they win, you know, 20 season, 20 yeah. championships in a row or something. But the part that's sticky for me is why, when the Liberty owner said, let's just make it this way for everybody, why they said, no, yeah. it's, and I, the SI article that I was talking about mentioned how there are certain owners in the league who see the WNBA as a, as an investment, as a growing opportunity, as a growing business opportunity. And then there are other owners, um, who see it as charity, you know, yeah. and only put in the bare the minimum. Yeah, truly. And I think I know based on the um, reporting that I saw today, that that was part of it. You know, they don't want to put more in than they think is worth. And that's really unfortunate. And I know, again, that's just part of, um, those are growing pains that we're going to see, but it's just the whole thing I find to be very bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And I think also like you have to also with players wanting to go one place or the other, you also have to keep in mind, like the cost of living in New York versus the yeah. cost of living yeah. in like Oklahoma city or something like that. Like, absolutely. And people talk Especially about Miami their salaries are so yeah. 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 People talk about me, Miami, like, oh, well, there aren't like taxes in, right. in Florida, basically. Okay. But also like, it's very expensive. It's like For the sure. most expensive to live in Miami. And 
these women aren't making millions of dollars. Right. You know? Not and at the, all. And the other interesting thing that was in that SI article is that it, um, you know, it was mentioning how Becky Hammond is being paid a million dollars to coach. And these women are only earning, you know, $200,000 to play. Right. And that they took some heat for play, paying her that much to coach. But the response was, well, coaches aren't in, you know, um, covered by the CBA, so we can pay them. So it makes me wonder, you know, if, if, uh, things were different and the, the salary cap, if you want to call it the, the maximum salary, wasn't what it wasn't, what it was, you know, would the Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu's of the world be getting paid that kind yeah. of money? So I just think this is a, this is probably the first of a few fissures and growing pains that we're going to see in the next few years as they grow, which yeah. I would rather have these growing pains than, than not growing at all. So yeah. I guess that's the silver lining. Sometimes I wonder if there's, if, if a strike is eminent, you know, yeah. If eventually there will be some sort of strike in women's sports and whether that'll accomplish anything or not. Gosh, I hadn't really thought about that. I don't want to think about that because I feel like we are witnessing the, we are either witnessing it or on the cusp of witnessing, um, one of the bigger investments in women's sports in the United States ever. And, you know, but at the same time, I understand certain stands need to be taken. I don't know. That's tough. I hadn't really thought about that. I think something like that would weed out those people who are just in it for the tax write-off or the charity or, and it would weed out, it would, I don't know. You, you just got to be careful with, with what hill you want to die on. If you're right in charge of the WNBA, you're right. And, but you you also have to be careful with the strike or something similar because you're, you know, look at how we're reacting to baseball right now. I mean, so many of us are myself included who grew up loving baseball. I'm kind of like, well, you can all piss off then, you know? So I, and that's because like 200 grand would be great for me to make. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a weird, yeah, that's a weird, I hadn't thought about that. We should revisit that later on. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Do you have anything else? Otherwise I'm going to end on a happy note. I probably have all kinds of things that I've been (laughs) storing away on my, uh, saved internet thing. I mean, Paige Becker's being back is very exciting. Yeah. I told Elisa, like, that's great for the sport, but oh my God, I don't want to play her. (laughs) Right. Um, the U S women's national team beat Iceland to take home the, she believes cup. Oh yeah. I don't, I I'm really bad about paying attention to, um, that stuff, like right in the midst of the cyclone. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you the gist, (laughs) the gist, it's a good Instagram to follow. Okay. I will. I'm always on Instagram. Cause that's my, cause my job is run on Instagram. Right. She lives on the gram. That's where I run my business. All right. Here's my last happy note for the night before we turn away. Um, it was really cool last night, the women's game to see not only just the fan support there, but there were tons of football players, tons of men, men's basketball players and wrestlers there. And, you know, we joke about the cyclone family a lot and how it does feel like a giant family, but moments like that are where you're like, no, this is, this is something special. They all support each other. And that was really cool to see. So that is cool. All right. Get out to, uh, Wellman's pub and rooftop to watch the men. If you're not making your way to Hilton Coliseum tonight, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, support Chris and Ross and, um, their partners with circus sports. And beyond that, we'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll have a much better idea where our women and men fall in the dance. And hopefully we'll bring home some hardware from Kansas city. I don't know. It could happen. It could happen. 
could happen. <laughs> All right. Go Cyclones. Go State.